0: head coach at Hill Pursuit. I also coach for a triathlon and an endurance team victory multi-sport. You're listening to a very special episode of the Hill Pursuit podcast. This is a preview of the Happy Valley 70.3 half Ironman course. And I primarily rode the bike course. I didn't swim and I didn't run, but I did do a little bit of recon at both um, transition one and transition two. Um, throughout this podcast, I will do my best to um, work through some of the intricacies of the athlete guide as well. Um, that being said, it it actually might be beneficial if you're listening on, um, you know, a streaming platform of you know Spotify, Podbean, Google, Apple. It might be beneficial to actually check out the YouTube channel Hill Pursuit. Um, in the YouTube video of this podcast, I'm going to refer to some video. Um, I'm going to pull up some images. I'm going to discuss um, my overall power. I'm going to show you some cool metrics for the big hill climb at around mile 40 or so. Um, I'm going to discuss what that power output is like. Um, I'm going to show you some elevation maps. I'm going to refer to the bike course itself. Um, so there will be some some beneficial um, some images that I'll be referring to. So if you did want to check that out, be sure to watch this podcast. On the Hill Pursuit YouTube channel. Um, of course, that will be linked in the show notes, whether or not you're listening um, on Spotify, Podbean, wherever, uh, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, it'll also all, all the um, content will be linked um, under the YouTube uh, podcast as well. Uh, what's also really neat about this episode specifically is throughout the course of the preview ride, um, I took a lot of voice notes um, uh, while I was writing specific segments of the course, I'm going to play those voice notes, um, throughout this entire episode. Um, and you're going to hear them as raw as they are, right? So it is a very, very windy course. All right. So there's secret one, right? It's a very windy course. So, um, the audio is not going to be perfect. So I apologize for that, but, um, just know, I do want to play these voice notes as raw as they were when I was riding. So you get that real-time reaction. So just know that you'll be hearing that as well. Uh, like I said before, this podcast streams on Spotify, Podbean, Apple, um, Google. Of course, we're on YouTube as well. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My name's Hayden. Uh, you, c- you can contact me directly at, hillpursuit at gmail.com. We're on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff at hill pursuit so you can find us follow us reach out there as well Um, and you can also just check out our website we have a blog we have some nutrition and dietary counseling advice and contact information as well as of course coaching information if that interests you Uh, so and and also uh, links to this podcast episode and all previous podcast episodes so please check out the website that's just hillpursuit.com there's actually no www just find the website hillpursuit.com and you'll find all of that information um, at that website of course like i said all of this is linked in the show notes please check the show notes out follow along and let's just get on to the good stuff now at this point sit back relax and enjoy this special episode of the hill pursuit podcast the happy valley 70.3 race There's all your athlete guide stuff, your pre-race intro, your race day information. The most important one I want to draw your attention to, this is a little bit different. Hopefully you've noticed this when you read through. If you've, if you've competed in some half-iron distance races before, you'll notice that typically the bike cutoff. Okay, so you swim, finish transition one, um, and the bike course. You have five and a half hours to do that within this race. So because, you know, if you're following along on social media, because the elevation of the course, um, assuming uh, the bike cutoff cutoff is actually six hours, not five and a half. This is not uncommon. It's, it's been done before, but I know they don't do it a whole lot. In this case, you have that extra 30 minutes. Again, if you're someone who's raced a half iron distance before, you have 30 extra minutes to complete swim T1 and the bike course, a total of six hours. Um, to complete those, those three. Now um, within this bike course, you know, there's between 3,400 and 3,600 feet of elevation. So there's, there's quite a bit um, of elevation to, you know, to traverse. So I I understand that there's time added, um, but that's the biggest thing I wanted to kind of draw your attention to. And then that you have a similar run cut off, but it adds that extra 30 in that was added from the bike cutoff, so eight thirty um, for the run cutoff, um, and I just wanted to draw your attention to that. That's the biggest difference in terms of all the pre race stuff and information that the that Ironman has put out. Um, it, it appears that that's the biggest difference. So hopefully that puts a lot of people at ease um, in terms of um, you know any type of anxiety or uh, you know or stress over the elevation in the hills. Um, the climbing that's involved in, in, in the, you know, the terrain of this course, that extra 30 minutes should hopefully put um, a lot of athletes um, in a much better headspace. So um, you do have that extra 30 minutes. That's not to say, you know, take your time and dog it, but that extra 30 minutes is going to help a lot of different athletes. So use that time, just know that you have that time. And that's the biggest note I wanted to make right off the bat. Okay, let's talk about transition and um, the swim. So the transition area is absolutely beautiful in in transition one. Um, It's a, it's a very, very large asphalt parking lot. And honestly, it's extremely close to the beach. So I imagine that the swim, um, the swim exit to transition will be, will be really quick. Um, In some previous Ironman races um transit getting the transition area out of the water sometimes you're you know like winding through weird paths that they create but this one seems to be seems like it will be really really efficient because of how close the actual transition one area is through the water um the swim itself uh clockwise you're you're breathing to the right your buoys are to the right um seems really really simple honestly i did not swim but the body of water was Super, super calm, you can see in the video, very, very calm body of water. And that was about the start time of um, what the swim start time will actually be. So extremely calm water, no clue what the water temperature um, was when I was there just a week ago, or no clue what it will be, so don't even bother asking. But um, the swim itself looks to be very, very simple in design, breathing right, buoys to the right, clockwise, couple turns um and then again a quick um a quick time frame out of the water into transition one a very very large asphalt parking lot okay let's get into the bike course itself coming out of transition one and before i do um a lot of people typically want to know like what my fitness level is how long the bike took me all that stuff so i'll just share that real quick i did ride with um a few, a few friends and athletes um, for the, for the uh, victory multi-sport team that I coach. So I do want to get, you know, get you some of those, those numbers here real quick. Um, the course took us about three hours and 45 minutes. Uh, my average power output was 165, normalized power of 222. My average heart rate, I'm 33 years old. My average heart rate was 139 beats per minute. My peak heart rate on the big hill around mile 40 was 176. Um, overall this comes out to like an average speed of about 15.2. So it really was just like a, a really nice cruise and a nice way to kind of just experience the course without pushing too hard. Um, you know, I share some of this information so that, so that when we do get to the big climb, you understand the, the power output that I was putting out relative to what the entire ride kind of consisted of. So just so that you can get some context for how hard I, not only just how hard I was actually pushing in terms of you know, in terms of power and in terms of watts, um, but also in terms of some of the physiological responses that are happening in real time throughout um, throughout this very hilly course. Um, so without further ado, let's dive into the bike course. Okay, at this point in the show, um, you're going to start hearing some voice notes that I was taking in real time again another uh, disclaimer these voice notes were taken on a cell phone during the course while i was riding the course so please know that there there is going to be some you know you'll hear some wind a little bit of static it's not going to be perfect sound quality but at this point in time i'm going to play these voice notes and then from time to time i'll i'll take a step back i'll take a moment and i'll give a little summary of what you heard in real time while i was on the course all right initial reaction to First turnaround out of transition is that it is complete silliness to be honest. Uh, it seems a little strange that they're having a turnaround. There's really no, no great place to even do the turnaround. So it's basically like a mile, mile or so out back, and it seems really silly. But I also anticipate some congestion. In transition areas, I imagine that's where uh, we turn off after the turnaround. So, coming out of uh, that U turn by transition is super super fast, lots of arrow, pretty flat, a couple miles of some speed right to start, which is cool. Okay, a couple things to unpack here Um, transition area to the to the turnaround. It's only about a mile, maybe 1.1 or 1.2. The turnaround, if you watch the video, is probably right by that stop sign. That's that's right where it it took me, but I kind of kept going for a little bit because I was hoping that there would be a circle um, to to kind of that everybody could take, but there isn't. So I imagine it's gonna be a really tight, um not the not the best place to have a turnaround, because there's no real it's not like there's double or triple wide uh, road for a turnaround, but that's likely where it will be right in that area. And then, yes, as you're making your way back towards the transition area after that U turn, it's fast, it's very fast. And then it continues to be fast for a couple miles after that. So you'll be in Arrow and you're going to be moving. Um, I originally thought there would be some congestion um, on your way back to transition, but um, that. I think that is incorrect. Um, coming out of transition, you you hang a right immediately. And on your way back, you just continue straight through. It's not like you're passing anybody um, or taking any weird turns. You're just going straight through the same area that athletes who are coming out of transition are taking a right at that, um, at that four-way. So there should not be any issue. Originally, I thought there might be, but um, lots and lots of speed after that U-turn. Main road coming out of uh, Bald Eagle State Park, really really flat, smooth surface, a little bit of downhill actually. Pretty much flying so far through through everything. Lots of speed for like the first looks like five to five to seven miles. Main road uh, 150 is actually. Kind of crowded and I doubt we'll be close to traffic, <clears throat> but about nine miles, about nine miles in and it's nothing but speed so far, except for those couple, uh, just a couple small handful of weird turns and back roads, but pretty fast first uh, 10 miles. Okay, a couple things here as well. So route 150, if you notice in that image, is actually not closed. It actually says event traffic. All right. So there will be, um, some I'm assuming local and event traffic on that road. And it, it was pretty busy even early in the morning, um, on the weekend when I, when I rode. um, the only other thing I'll say is the course is super, super fast. Now this is only about 10 miles in, but, um, honestly, and I'll say it now and I'll, 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 come back to this if if I need to, but the first like almost 20 to low 20s, 20 to 22 miles are just very, very fast. You'll see that in the elevation profile as well. There's a couple small odd turns, but aside from that, you're an arrow and you can hammer these first 20-ish miles. Couple really weird back streets, side roads, Once you turn on the Sayers Dam, you really have to slow down. Just some weird, small, quick turns. So about 13 miles in, and it's it's really fast course up to now. I would guess people need to uh, seriously calibrate the effort, though, because we've only gone like 350 feet of elevation. Train track's about 15 miles in are really really smooth can probably fly them pretty quick about 16 miles in a couple small rolling hills in the last couple miles but honestly pretty quick course so far the roads roads are a little uh, roads have a decent amount of traffic so I'm curious whether or not some of these will be closed or partially closed, but really no, no big concerns up to this point. Road conditions are nice too. I think total elevation is only like 600 so far. So still quite a bit to go, but this is about 16, 17 miles in. All right, so I know I said up to about 20, you could, you could really like lay it down not coming off of that point, I still think that's true, but at the same time, I do think it's important that at the very least, you're just mindful of the effort you're putting out up to that 20 mile marker, because you're really, you know, the elevation up to that point is just so minimal. Um, It feels like you can fly those first 20 miles, but the only reason I bring this back up in, in kind of a contradictory sense is that, you just have to be mindful of the, the mileage you've traveled, the elevation that you have not yet traversed. Just just be very mindful of it. Sure, you can lay it down. You can, you can stay in arrow for a while and really throw some watts down, but just be mindful of what you've traveled, what you've covered, and, and what you still have yet to cover up to that point. Turning onto uh, Jacksonville Road is great not a sharp turn really nice and smooth you can keep a lot of speed uh, on the jacksonville jacksonville road starts off awesome a couple small rolling hills but it's a back road pretty smooth again up to this point still a lot of potential for speed which is great about 19 miles in about 20 miles in uh, finally some rolling hills on Jacksonville but this is really the first time that there are any hills and there's still not much total elevation is still like 800 so still not a whole lot going on but there's a climb coming up close to 23 miles in just crossed over about a thousand feet of elevation but you're on Jacksonville for a while. Honestly, it's a really nice road. Back road. Uh pretty smooth. Uh, but yeah, just crossed a thousand feet at about 23-ish miles. Okay, you can absolutely fly on Jacksonville. It's a nice transition onto Jacksonville. Um, it's a back road but it's also a very very smooth road. Um, tiny bit of rolling hills. I say they're rolling hills because they technically are, but man, they're just, they're so minimal. Um, finally, around 20 or so, you can hear up to about 23, you finally hit some rolling hills that, you know, you can kind of hear, take my, you know, take my breath away a little bit, but still not much up to this point. You can still be, you know, laying it down pretty hard, but again, taking into consideration what you've done and what you still have yet to do. So at this point, remember, about 23 miles in. We're only at about a thousand feet, so we have a significant amount of elevation still yet to climb. About 25 miles in and still on Jacksonville. There's just a lot of headwind and crosswind. There's really nowhere to hide, wide open uh, farmland, so definitely working a little bit around 25-ish, mile 25. Around mile uh, 26 on Jacksonville, there's about a a half mile, maybe a little bit more descent, and you're picking up some pretty good speed. There's a lot of, I think I I counted four pretty big potholes, hopefully they're marked, but um would be absolutely devastating if you ran into one of them pretty deep not marked uh so around mile 26 first real big descent on Jacksonville Okay the first real descent where you pick up some speed comes on on Jacksonville between 25 and 26 miles and to be honest the potholes that I saw were were humongous um you know almost like just damaged to the damage um, by a vehicle or like a like a snowplow or something in the winter. Like the the depth of these holes was like at least five, six inches, um, praying that they're marked. But if they're not, just know your first real big descent, which, you know, about 25, 26 miles on Jacksonville, there are definitely some potholes you have to be mindful of. Okay, the descent on Jacksonville is more than a half mile. It's probably closer to a mile. Uh, it's gradual enough that probably stay in arrow the whole time and be pretty comfortable not too fast okay first real climb at uh, hubbler ridge about mile 28 28 and a half Uh, it was about a one point something really small 1.12 mile climb Uh, i think like 600 feet At one point I saw 15% grade. It's definitely, you're working for for a short duration, but it was very, very short. So, um, working hard for a short duration and then you have at least a mile flying down the hill towards uh, Nittany Valley Drive. Uh, I easily got over 40 miles an hour, just kind of coasting into a stop sign here now, but very quick coming back down really really short climb up at around mile 28 okay don't take this climb lightly it's not long um but it does get very very steep for a a very short amount of time but it does get very steep at one point you know if you if you heard in my voice note um i did see the elevation or the incline get to about 15 percent um quickly but it did get there so you're working really, really hard, but it is for a short duration um, climb. Right around 28-ish miles, it's a short one, and then you're flying down, down a hill um, with plenty of time to kind of turn on the Nittany Valley, but you are gaining a lot of speed on the back side of this hill. Um, so keep that in mind as you're climbing. There's a nice descent on the other side. Lots and lots of headwind on Nittany Valley Drive about 31, 32 miles in. Big headwinds, big crosswinds. About 33, 34 miles in. So, you know, 22 or so, 23 left to go. And just now finally hit about the halfway point for total elevation around 17 or so. 1,700, so half the elevation to go in about you know 20 some only 20 some miles so probably gonna feel a little bit tougher these last 20 or so all right so here we go we're about 34 miles in and we've just now crossed over about 1700 feet of elevation which is about half of the total elevation change for the course now keep in mind that's about three-fifths of the entire bike course. So you have two fifths to go and the same elevation that you just rode in the first three fifths ish of the course. So back to that original point where you really need to calibrate your effort, those first 20 miles. Yes, I did say, and I will stand by it as well. I did say that you can really kind of lay it down those first 20 miles. That's not to say you do it blindly. You need to do that intelligently. So you understand that that what you've what you've completed and what you have left to complete you're not hitting halfway elevation until around 34 miles so pretty much all of Nindy Valley Drive is windy headwinds crosswinds um, the good thing about it is the road is smooth right now it's pretty heavily trafficked but the road's pretty smooth uh, just kind of cruising along at 20 miles an hour with really little effort, so um, can stay in arrow for a really big stretch on nindy Valley Drive. It's smooth, pretty fast, but again, lots of wind, crosswind and headwind. About 37 miles in right now. Only about half mile into the big climb, which is 2.8 miles, and like 8 or 900 feet, and there's a really, really crazy uh, left-hand turn that you have to make as you're ascending. Whether or not the road's closed, I don't know, but not super safe. Not super safe on uh, that left-hand turn. We're about 40 miles in. Okay. So this left-hand turn I'm talking about is really, really strange. Um, it's like you're climbing up a hill. You, you take a very, very slight right on the same road without turning. And then there's an immediate left with cross traffic that doesn't stop. Um, and I believe it, I'm looking at the um, road closures. I believe it's either onto um, Harrison or it's just right onto 144. Um, And in either case, it it does say closed and closed to local traffic only. So I don't anticipate that being a big deal. Plus um, with how crazy it is or how crazy it was during the ride, I'd be shocked if they didn't have some form of closure there. Um, And it does, again, it does look like, I'm trying to remember the exact name of the road. I believe it was just right onto directly onto 144. So it it should be closed minimally close to local local traffic, so there shouldn't be an issue. But in um, in the course preview, it was not the safest of left hand turns. That's for sure. All right, just finished the climb, the big three mile climb. Honestly, it wasn't really that bad. Um, the first mile and a half, really the hardest part, about seven percent. Uh, a couple spots where it hit ten percent, but um, it really was not bad after that first mile and a half. About eight, eight or nine hundred total feet in about three miles, and it took us about nineteen minutes. So just kind of be ready for that uh, time frame—about twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes for some people to uh, get the whole way up. Okay, I wanted to show you this image after the big, close to a three-mile climb, about nine hundred feet elevation change. Um, because this image shows the average power output. Now, the number's not there, but I'll let you know it was 250 average watts, and it took, took us about 19, close to 20 minutes. The miles per hour, you can see it changes. It, it fluctuates based on a little bit of a change in the grade from time to time. It does touch 9 or 10 percent once or twice, and again, that's not as steep as that original climb um, around, what was it, 28 miles, but this climb is significantly longer. You do have to kind of strap up and be ready for that. You see the big dip right off the bat. That's the, um, that's that silly left-hand turn that I don't think we'll have to deal with on race day, but we had to come to a complete stop for, for a little, you know, a few seconds to, to let traffic pass. But, um, the average power for me was about 250 watts over 20 minutes. Um, and again, the average over the entire ride for me was 165 watts. So significantly greater power output here on this hill and keep that in mind because that's a pretty significant effort where my heart rate also got as high um i reached a a peak heart rate of i I believe it was 176 during this climb now i personally will probably go a little bit harder on that hill during the actual race just to get it over with a little bit faster especially now having ridden it um because i know it's not crazy long um i know 19 minutes sounds kind of long and you know it, it it's not short, but, um, having ridden it, I'm very, you know, I'm a lot more comfortable, um, knowing what that terrain is like and knowing what that will feel like on race day. Having said all of that, I will not be surprised if we all see people getting off their bikes and walking this hill. It is pretty long. Um, it's not something that should scare anybody, but I think it will get into some people's heads because Up to this point, you can pretty much see the top of every single hill while you're on it. With this hill, you cannot see the top. Um, That's a little intimidating. And I think that will lead to some people getting off their bikes and potentially walking for a few minutes, if not um, maybe a mile. Um, The hardest part is that first mile and a half. Get through that first mile and a half and then just kind of settle in um, and just be okay with single digit miles per hour. Um, and be okay with big watts, be very smart um, with your chain ring, and this hill will not end your race if you're smart, and if you plan for um, the hill itself, as opposed to just diving in head first, and, and ultimately redlining, and not being able to make it the whole way up. Not the end of the world, not the worst hill in the world. Um, let's transition to discussing that big descent that everybody has something to say about the uh, big descent after the big climb of one mile ish a little bit more really was not that bad to hold 20 25 miles an hour or slower um, wasn't the easiest thing in the world um, but you do have to ride the brake for about a mile. And uh, I think we stayed 21 22 miles an hour. The turn at the bottom, it, I mean it's kind of tight, but if you're under that 25, it's no issue at all. It kind of levels off for you know, an eighth of a mile and you have plenty of time to settle yourself and make that turn. So, summary of that descent is it's not a big deal at all. It goes by so quickly. Um, just stay under 25 and be smart. Okay, this descent was literally not an issue at all. Um, you do have to ride the brakes the entire time. It is a straight down descent, and it is quick. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, it goes by so fast, and it was not difficult at all um, to stay under that 25 average. Um, as you can see, it looks like it's going to be very clearly marked, um, where the start of that, um, measuring is going to be for that 25 mile per hour limit and where it ends. So it looks like there, there's even like, a like, a a sign that says, you know, this is approaching. So it looks like you'll have tons of, um, notice where this is happening when and where it's being measured where it starts where it stops so it's not a big deal at all just make sure you have a little bit of a tune-up make sure your brake pads are good to go um wrote it the whole way down so you do have to be prepared for that um and again i easily stayed under the 25 average between 20 and 22 maybe 23 which uh, obviously is fine um and then you know there's also some concern i saw just online social media where people are kind of worried about the turn the right-hand turn on the church. It's not an, it's not an issue at all. The turn itself is tight, but it's only tight. it's only an issue if you're flying down that hill, which of course, the race director is doing a good job at preventing people from flying down that hill. So that turn, even though it's tight, is not going to be, you know, problematic whatsoever. Um, I don't see this as nearly the magnitude of an issue that it appears to be uh if you're following along with some social media um, communication so don't stress about this at all be prepared to ride the brakes down um pretty sure this will be very clearly communicated at at the uh pre-race meetings as well so i'd be shocked if you see people flying down this hill i i don't anticipate it being too big of a safety concern really at all really I, I do see it just frustrating people that you can't you can't go faster, but aside from that, I don't see it really being um, a big issue at all. Kind of ironic you can't go uh, twenty five down that huge descent. I get it for safety reasons, but as soon as you turn the corner on church you can you can take off there's a big downhill and you start flying pretty much stay an arrow and nice smooth. Nice, smooth road and just kind of take off. We're about 46 miles in. The entire Church Street, eight mile stretches. Super, super windy again. Really windy. The hard right onto Linden comes after a lot of speed, so you have to really be careful taking a right onto Linden because you're coming off about 35 plus miles per hour down a pretty big decline. Short one, but really fast. Lots and lots of arrow position on the last few miles heading back to heading towards T2. Lots of arrow. A couple of rolling hills, some downhill, big speed. The hill on University Drive, right when you take a right on University Drive is sneaky. You're like 54, 54 miles in and you have like a three minute pretty steep incline okay it sounds a little silly but that university drive hill is actually um it's it's a little tougher than anticipated and honestly it's tougher than you would want it to be at mile 56 or you know 55.8 whatever it is you're literally right there but um don't take it lightly it um it's pretty steep and you're on it for a couple minutes so Um, Just know that you have that at the very, very end as you're getting into Transition 2. So now let's actually um, get into what Transition 2 looks like. You'll see the video here um, riding literally right up into the parking lot of the Bryce Jordan Center, um, right next to Beaver Stadium, which looks absolutely awesome. It's very, very cool. I imagine this setup is going to look very, very slick. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to have some pretty high energy and it just looks like a really, really cool site, huge open parking lot. So very easy, I imagine it being very smooth in terms of the setup. Um, So let's take a look at it. So there's your entry into transition two. you can see it's a really, really big parking lot again, right in between Bryce Jordan center and Beaver stadium. Um, I imagine that'll be a, a really fun and high energetic transition area. So, um, pretty simple, uh, from what it looks like, um, next up, you'll see, you know, the run course, I'll be honest. I didn't run the run course, but I am familiar with, you know, where it is. Um, There's a lot going on. U-turns, turnarounds, some short out and backs on roads. And my guess is um, the race director likely wanted to keep this thing on campus because it's going to be a lot of fun and easy for spectators and things like that. So um, I don't foresee this being any issue. Um, You know, I don't foresee the run course being difficult or challenging. Honestly, at all, the elevation change is so minimal and it's it's somewhat you know condensed so you'll be able to see a lot of people people will be able to see you and i imagine that that'll make for a pretty high energy run so really no issues there okay really the last thing i want to mention is um, just be very mindful of what you should be doing and how you should be preparing your transition areas have to give a lot of credit to um, the race director and, and the host of this event for for kind of staying on top of communicating this to athletes They actually just recently posted something um, this afternoon about um, all different three different bags that we'll have access to kind of put things into for the morning of um, uh, T1, of course, and then also T2. We have a red, a white and a blue bag. Um, Those descriptions I uploaded here in terms of the images, but they're also, of course, posted in public by the race director and that staff. So kudos to them for staying on top of that and communicating that to the athletes just be mindful of what needs to go in each bag. Um, again, I, you know, I'm not really going to coach you through what should be in your transition bag. To be honest, it needs to be something that you're familiar with. You know, there's no, there's no magic or secret sauce for what goes into these bags. Make sure that you're prepared and have what you need from swim, um, to bike from bike to run and anything you might need for your morning go bag. Just, just do your own due diligence and prepare ahead of time so that this is a really easy and smooth process, because again, there are two different transition areas. So it will be important that, um, you prepare, uh, prepare accordingly for all three of those bags. Okay. That's all I really have. Um, I'm, I'm kind of wrapped up for, um, for today's podcast. Um, again, I apologize. I, you know, I really only rode the bike course, but I do, you know, I hope that, working through a little bit of the athlete guide, discussing the transition areas, um, chatting, uh, uh, you know, briefly about what the swim is going to look like and feel like in terms of how, you know, the distance or the proximity to T1. And, and, you know, maybe some, some of the intricacies of, of, of the run course or maybe why the run course was designed the way it is. Hopefully all that was really, really helpful. And I hope you also have some peace of mind with the bike course. I know, you know, it is, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of elevation. So, Hopefully, um, hearing some of my own experience and then also some of my insight was really, really helpful for you. Um, in any case, um, I hope to see you out there, whether you're in the relay or you're, you know, you're racing the full event. Um, I think it's going to be a great event. I hope the weather's great. Um, don't ask me about the water temperature. still have no clue, but um, I really hope the weather's great. I think it could make for an awesome, awesome day. Um, that's all I have. Again, my name is Hayden. I'm the owner and head coach at Hill Pursuit. Also a team coach for Victory Multisport. You'll probably see me and a bunch of other of um, Victory Multisport, Hill Pursuit athletes out on the course. So um, you know, say hi. Um, and if you know, if you'd like to follow along with Hill Pursuit, um, check out the website, HillPursuit.com, this podcast and all other podcast episodes, stream wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Apple, Google Podcasts, things like that. And of course, check out the YouTube channel for um, other podcast episodes, some race day stuff um some other fun training videos. Uh, Follow along. If you have any questions about coaching, nutrition, anything like that, reach out to me directly, hillpursuit at gmail.com. I I would love to have a conversation. Answer any questions. Of course you can comment anything here. Um, But but again, you know, start a conversation, ask any questions, hillpursuit at gmail.com. I would love to connect with you. Good luck if you're racing. Um, Have a great event. Plan accordingly you know stay relaxed and and really just enjoy yourself out there because i think this is going to be a really really fun event that i hope is around for many many years to come all right have a uh, great race good luck and um, i'll see you out there on the course